I did a bunch of Bible research. Um, and I I don't know if I'm giving too much credit to criminal minds, like if I did all the footwork. Um, but it's pretty good. There's a couple little nitpicky things that I have, but overall, good. A lot of it we're not going to be able to talk about until next episode because this is a setup episode, but yeah, mm-hmm. but not bad. Um, no, I really like this episode. Oh, I guess. Um, hold on, wait. Fade to music. <laughs> oh, so true. Are we narrating every bit of it now? I know you haven't listened to the beginning of the first two last two episodes, but the two episodes ago, I guess profile of profiled, it we like fucked up royally. <laughs> and so like I say, wait, hold on, wait. First, there's gonna be music, and then it cuts and the theme song plays. <laughs> and then the theme song ends, it goes, okay, next, I'm gonna say. Hi, B, and that's when the like episode starts. So I like made it really like purposefully like played with our being funky. And then last time we were talking, whatever, and then I was like, okay, I have a lot to say. Wait, but first, and then it cut into the theme song. <laughs> so now I was like, why don't I just like make it easy on myself? <laughs> I love that you're now just discovering. The, the horrors of hosting a podcast with yourself, basically. <laughs> you know, you're like finally literally. experiencing the, the trials and tribulations of trying to Frankenstein something together uh, out of this hot mess. Literally. And also, one, I have now learned to recognize the shape of my... Um... Yep. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> is absolutely a shape I recognize. I could, yeah. I could mm-hmm. no-scope that motherfucker from a mile away. Yeah. Also, the fact that, like... My fucking ADHD, every time we go to start talking and get back on track, I go, um, okay. And then I just start talking. Okay, anyway. Uh, hey, B. A fancy meeting you here on the floor of my wife's office. What do you say we record a podcast? Whoa. Are we going to record Wheels Up? Talking about season two, episode... 14 the big game fuck yeah dude this episode sends me okay i have so much to say about these two episodes and unfortunately this is the setup one right so i have to like keep so much shit to myself yeah mm -hmm. but it's still good which is like yeah unfortunately this episode is still pretty good on its own yeah it's really good it's much better than the other setup episode we've we've experienced so far, which is the Fisher yes. King Part One. This is a way better setup app than Fisher King Part One. Yeah, and that's what I was gonna say. I was gonna say that as far as first parts go, this one's pretty good. It's like a pretty solid episode all on its own. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I think the lead up to finding out about um, Hankel mm-hmm. is really good, and. Yeah. I think that they did a good job of like leading us along while still feeding us enough that the twist is believable, you know? Yeah. I think this is a good a good setup episode. 
It's this definitely. is a good setup episode in a different way than No Way Out Part 1 is a good setup episode. Yes, I think this is a very good episode, you know? I don't like James in PR. <laughs> <laughs> this is Criminal Minds. Oh, can we just say the opening credits come 11 minutes into the episode? This is weirdly paced. I, I mean, like I said, this is a great episode for me. I'm going to rate it highly. I really enjoy it. It's a good, like, there definitely is going to be a previously on, and they're ju- it's just going to be, like, phone call, Raphael. He's on the computers. It's viral. Oh, no, cameras. Oh, no, read. JJ, shoot, shoot, boom. You know, but I feel like the episode had enough substance, and it set up the Tobias, Raphael, Charles thing enough that I don't feel like that previously on is going to fully encompass Mm -hmm. the whole episode the way that like Fisher King part one did. (laughs) Was the whole episode. Yeah. It's just like, I don't know why they put the opening credits so far back. So, I mean. 11 minutes (sighs) is obscene. That is a fourth of this episode. That is 25% of this episode that the credits come after. I think part of it was like, they wanted the fun time vibes. Mm -hmm. Well, they wanted the murder first, and then they wanted the fun time vibes. And then they wanted to get them on the plane. And then they wanted the James Vanderbeek reveal. All before the opening credits, but they didn't want to rush through it. And, like, it's okay. You want your cake and you can eat it too. That's fine. You're going to have to eat a small slice if you want all your fucking cake. You know what I mean? Like, it's so... (laughs) Why did you not put it right after the fun stuff? I'm sorry. It's just, like, time-wise, that would have worked out so well. Yeah, I mean, a typical episode would have been him doing the killing, Mm -hmm. them being fun at the bar, and then JJ being like, yeah, everyone's here with me. We would have gotten the Gideon you know, Mockingbird nonsense. The Gideon mandate, yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Literally. It's always a pleasure to see you. I wish I could have spent more time with you. Okay, homosexual, whatever. (laughs) Once a year on the Super Bowl, Gideon goes to the Smithsonian and this man shows him art. And you're telling me that that's straight? That is not straight culture. I am sorry. I'm not sorry, actually. Yeah, That's a homosexual shit. That's a, like, extremely repressed men in their 60s shit, which is exactly what Gideon and this dude are. Like, for real. The rituals are intricate. I know they are. (laughs) (laughs) You create intricate rituals to allow you to touch other men. (laughs) Literally. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So the episode's called The Big Game, Mm -hmm. which, okay, here's the thing. The reason people call Super Bowl The Big Game like in commercials or in movies or in TV or whatever, is because the name Super Bowl is copyrighted, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's hilarious to me because they keep saying the big game, whatever. And then all the banners at the bar are like, the party. (laughs) Like when JJ (laughs) leaves the bar, it's like, the party with footballs. (laughs) I I kind of like it that it's I like generic. It. I kind of love it. As as a not a sports gay, it took me like 
It wasn't until I was going back to find out when this episode took place that I realized it was a Super Bowl episode. Are you kidding me that you didn't? Are you kidding me? Like, I know it. Okay, I know it starts on a screen of the Super Bowl. Yeah. I wasn't. I guess I didn't. It didn't. Yeah. It's li- me. Uh huh. <laughs> The uh-huh. big game. I didn't get now. Now I know. Now I know. I know the signs. You know. <laughs> I know the signs of Super Bowl in my area. <laughs> you too can help. <laughs> Straight man culture conservation. <laughs> <laughs> the gays have pride. The straights have Super Bowl. And yeah. a Toyota <laughs> summer savings event or whatever. <laughs> the Kia summer savings event. Okay. It is Super Bowl 41 in Miami, February 4th, 2007. I, you're going to laugh at me. I went online to figure out what the weather was on February 4th, 2007. Because of JJ's fucking, she goes outside in like basically a crop top. Okay, but here's the thing. It was 20 degrees. Yeah, but, like, if you're just stepping out for a moment from the bar, I'm not grabbing my whole ass fucking coat. I'm suffering for that minute, but I am not grabbing my fucking coat. She doesn't look cold. She doesn't have her arms. She literally just steps outside and is like, yeah, it's 20 fucking degrees. She's from fucking Pennsylvania. That's some shit Pennsylvanians would pull. Okay, that's fair. That is absolutely 100% some shit Pennsylvanians would pull. Um, You can't look me in the eyes and go, no Pennsylvanian is crazy enough to do this shit. She was drinking and fleecing those dudes at darts. She absolutely does not give a shit about the weather. Also, apparently, this is a thing that hot girls don't get cold. Yeah. Hot bitches <laughs> never get cold. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So the episode starts with the TV announcement. It's Super Bowl 41. The guys are like, it's all about the defense. Blah, blah, blah. Sports. And then... Sports. Sports. Uh, and then it zooms out like it does. And we see a couple with another couple watching the Super Bowl. Later, we learned it was like a whole party and they were just the last couple leaving. Mm-hmm. The husband makes a very funny joke about like, the wife says, oh, I can get my husband back on Sundays. And he's like, oh, I miss it already. And they like, so straight culture. Mm-hmm. Sundays are for the boys. Don't you love when you don't like your spouse? <laughs> don't you love it? <laughs> Don't you like it when don't you, you lo- have sex and but don't actually get along at all? Don't you like it when you don't actually enjoy just talking with your spouse? Isn't that so funny? So <laughs> funny. If my spouse was so into football that they had to watch it every Sunday, I would also get into football. Yeah, literally. Not to be rude, but like make an effort to like get into the things your spouse likes. It's literally not hard. Yeah, and he's obviously willing to include her. Also, football is so low effort. Oh my God. You just sit on the couch. Just sit on the couch reading a book next to your spouse while they're losing their mind about football. It's fine. You'll yeah. like it. And you just like, learn through osmosis. <laughs> exactly. That is absolutely how I learned football with my yeah. dad. I would sit and I would play my little Nintendo DS and he would watch the Cowboys game. <laughs> yep, <laughs> like, that's about right. Uh, this guy is outside. Okay, can we talk about how the room they're in is entirely windows? Their house is deeply confusing to me. He, Tobias, I'm just going to say Tobias because like we know by the end of it that's Tobias. He's standing outside the window in his like hood trench coat era. And 
He's whole... in his high fashion bag. <laughs> it's like the hoodie says casual night out, but the trench coat says I'm ready to work. <laughs> the boots say I am ready to go hiking at a moment's notice. I'm adventurous. My Tinder profile absolutely mentions hiking like three times. And the latex gloves, dressed to kill. <laughs> it's very Agent 47 chic. That's all I'll say. <laughs> but yeah, but Hankel's standing outside the house, looking in, and it's all fucking windows, the room they're in. At first I thought it was like a Florida room, you know, where it's like meant to be sunny and stuff. No, the living room is just entirely glass. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay, sure. Sure, whatever. <laughs> And then there's two voices. We hear the one that's like, I don't want to do this. And then the one that's like, it's too late now. We're already here. Um, the friend couple leaves. And then, okay, talk about straight culture. The husband of the friend couple is like, okay, I'm going to drive. And the wife's like, no, I'm driving. And he's like, remember when men used to be in charge? And the other husband's like, I'm already in too much trouble. <laughs> Oh, God. Does it ever hit you how fucking buck wild straight culture is? Not to, like, divert us from the topic at hand, but, like, what the fuck? It sounds so silly when you talk about, like, straight culture and straight people the way that straight people talk about gays. But Mm -hmm. I sometimes will watch, like, a movie or something and just be like, the straight people energy... Yeah. I am getting mm-hmm. and not even the fun kind. like I can ship a straight ship but yeah. I oh, here's an example I tried to watch Heartland on Netflix it's a show about a girl on a ranch her mom just died the like bad boy juvie guy comes to work at the ranch and there's like a rich bully and I was like hell yeah straight <laughs> culture let's do it I'm ready that shit was so boring it wasn't even like fun drama. There wasn't even like love triangle drama. And then spoiler alerts for fucking Heartland, fourteen <laughs> seasons. Um, Jesus Christ! I, fourteen seasons. Straight people get fourteen seasons. A person of interest <laughs> gets four and a half. Fuck. <laughs> no, but you're so right, and you should say it. You're so right. Yes, uh, but. I looked on the Wikipedia page because I was like, okay, tell me at least. I made it through an episode and a half, Bestie. I went on Wikipedia and I was like, tell me it gets drama. Tell me there's like a blonde boy I get to hate and a brunette boy I get to root for. Like, tell <laughs> No, the juvie boy from episode one that she doesn't like, they get married. 14 seasons later, they're still together. Like, what? I don't just want to watch a show about just like straight people's lives. I want the drama. (laughs) Give me the drama. Give me the messiness. But also like there's such a specific brand of like straight messiness that gets 14 seasons. You know what I mean? Like there's such a specific brand of it that you're like, this is if this was a gay show, it would get canceled immediately. Immediately. Like. The Vampire Diaries. Okay. The Vampire Diaries. There's this certain... <laughs> sorry. I'm so sorry. No, no. Hey, listen to my other podcast, Afterbite. Um, there is, in season five, mm-hmm. Damon and Elena, who are the worst goddamn TV couple of all time. How many times do you think they break up within 22 episodes? 22 episodes? Mm-hmm. Four. 
nine. That's nine times. That's every other episode. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) That is every other episode, give or take. That's that messy shit I live for. But here's the thing. It's not even funny. It's just like, we're bad for each other. You are a terrible, like, influence on my younger brother. Anyway, we'll hate fuck. We can't do this. Anyway, we'll hate fuck. We absolutely cannot do this. Anyway, we'll hate fuck. I'm having dreams about my fucking cosmic other half. Anyway, let's hate fuck. Like, I don't know. That's the kind of shit that, like, even if I'm reading a gay fanfic and that happens too many times, I'm like... Clicking no, away. You. I am no, exiting. You. That is like, you don't you don't compel me. You don't no. compel me that way. No. And straight shows so often fall into like the, we're breaking up, we're getting back together bit. Then I'm like, okay, just like, deal with your problems or don't. Make the, a decision. The difference between like straight energy and gay energy in TV shows is like, when gay stuff goes weird, show ends. When straight stuff goes weird, they're like, we could make this last another four seasons. <laughs> here's here's the other thing is like mm. in TV shows, gay people have to actually like their partners. Straight people, you can hate fuck till the cows come home. Who cares? It's not just like hate fucking. Like I I will turn off a show or a movie that it starts and a girl and a guy make eye contact and you're like, oh well, I know how this movie ends. I can stop watching it now. Yeah, exactly. You're just like, oh, you're just going to date because, like, you're the main characters, so, like, you have to. Yeah, whereas, like, in TV shows and movies, gay people have to actually, like, they they like each other. Straight people don't have to do that. They they can just date for the shits and giggles of it all. Yeah, and that's what couples like this remind me of. I'm like, you're really just, like, you got married because, like, it was time, whatever the fuck that means. Whatever that means, yeah. <laughs> you don't actually like each other. You just, like, were dating and then you, like, dated for enough time that, like, I guess we have to get married now. Yeah. And then you're married. And then you're just like, <laughs> okay. Okay, I guess we're congrats. married. Congrats. I guess we're married forever. That's why when I watch something with straight people... Oh, I see. I know a straight couple that like genuinely love each other. I'm like, I will die for you. I will ride or die for you if you actually ride genuinely like each other. Fucking die for you. Yeah. Like, yeah. Penelope and fucking Derek. I would ride or die. Ride or That's fucking ride or die, die shit. Ride or die for <laughs> Penelope and Derek. Yeah. <sighs> Last. Anyway, we just made a lot of extrapolations based on the literally two minutes of screen time this couple has. So the way way straight people see gay people and they're like, oh, I know they're gay. I know all about them because of like this and this. That's like us with straight people. But like, we're right. (laughs) We're correct. Unfortunately. Like when there's some straight people you meet and you talk to them for three seconds and it's like, oh, you're like. Oh, you're like straight. That. Oh, you're like straight people. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're like heterosexual. I, yeah, I see. Tobias is outside the house and is hurting a transport era, etc. Friend couple leaves. That's where he went. Friend couple leaves. He's all like, "White men in charge. I'm already in trouble with the misses." They go back into the house, and you see hooded guy like get inside 
There are so many plates. I made a note of how many plates and wine glasses there are because I have always thought like a it was, bunch. I always thought it was just the four of them, but um later JJ says that she spoke with that couple and they were just the last couple to leave. Yeah. So it's a party. But I that this is the first time I heard JJ say that. I have always been like, sorry, did you like have one type of food and then just put your plate down and pick up a whole other that's straight culture. That is. Also, this is a Super Bowl party. Why do you have the fancy plate wear out? She's drinking the champagne, wine champagne out of a champagne glass. I thought Super Bowl party was like wings, beer. Yeah. Maybe here's what it might be. All sliders. Right? Exactly. When I think Super Bowl party, I think like appetizers and like red solo cups or like PBR cans, right? Yes. Maybe I just grew up <laughs> poor. <laughs> Maybe they're rich because and in their later, 40s. <laughs> because later they say that this dude was a dot-com millionaire. So maybe I just grew up poor. I Maybe okay. here's the maybe I just grew up poor. Which like fair. I get that. But also I guess like I'm thinking about the parties that I go to now. We I went to my friend's 30th birthday. That was the most recent party. And she had like charcuterie boards and cheese, mm-hmm. but we were still like drinking beer and wine out of, you know, regular plastic cups. It wasn't like fucking fancy like that. I don't know. Who wants to do all those dishes? Not this lady. She talks about the maid later. She's like- literally like, the husband's like, oh, Lena can do it. And she's like, Lena can't even clean what she already has to clean. Which, like, okay? What? <laughs> I literally was like, fuck you. <laughs> like, um, which that's is the kind point. Of your fault, bestie. Anyway, yeah, sorry. I mean, that's like it's the point, just- right? The point is that they're those rich people that you're just like, I hate you. Also, what the fuck is a dot com millionaire? So, do you remember the dot com bubble? I have never understood that. They're, they're websites, websites exist. Yes. And somehow people became millionaires because the internet existed. Correct. Yeah, that's that's pretty much exactly how it worked. What? How? how? Like, what (laughs) does that mean? People bought dot-com millionaires, like the dot-com bubble. I, like, don't know what that means. I've never understood that. It was basically, it it was the fucking stock market. It was the stock market speculating on dot-com stocks, on stocks for internet websites that eventually inflated it too much and then it burst in, like, the early 2000s. So, like, it was a lot of, like, startups that went out of business after, like, burning through their venture capital and not, but like, like, doing stocks. What? start Like, things like, what, like, like, Daddy, GoDaddy or whatever, like, domains? Like, people who owned website domains like i just don't understand what the the thing is (laughs) the thing was the dot-com web address you got like profitable ones like amazon.com that's the reason amazon the company is still called amazon.com and not just amazon like it is basically it was how do i say this it was basically like online shopping a lot like pets.com first or like amazon.com was like really close to bursting during the 
during the bubble. So like the dot com web address, that's why it's called like the dot com bubble and like a dot com like a dot com millionaire is somebody who made like a startup in like the late really late nineties, early two thousands and actually made it through the dot com bubble. Oh. So they just like had an online website that like people used. Correct. A lot of it, a lot of it was like online shopping. So weird. Again, it it was the stock market. Not real. Absolutely not real. The internet also barely real. Like, you know what I mean? Like calling it like a dot-com bubble is giving some validity to the stock market that I sure as hell don't want to (laughs) give. Yeah, that makes, I guess that makes sense. I guess that makes sense. Basically, it was a lot of like investing in the concept of a dot com of the Internet. And that's why like stock prices went super high and then crashed because everybody realized there were some limitations to what the Internet could do in 2000. Is it like the way people will buy like single word Instagram names for a lot of money? Yeah, kind of. That's sort of. Yeah. But if it was like a website. Basically. Yeah. Okay. That. Okay. My brain can do that. I just was like the concept of the internet and then they were rich, which I guess it sounds like exactly is that's it. That's pretty it doesn't much make exactly any sense. what it was. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It doesn't make any fucking sense. Ugh. Okay. Lots of dishes. The husband's like, I'll take the trash out, whatever. And then he's like, oh, did you leave the back door open? And she can't hear him. She's like, what? And he's like, never mind. Um, and he goes outside. Maybe I'm just a very anxious person, which is true. I wouldn't let go of that back door thing after one, what did you say, honey? Like, I'm not no. letting go of that fact. No, he just felt so secure in his neighborhood, in his <laughs> rich people neighborhood. Crime doesn't happen here. We're rich, I guess. Yeah. And then, oh, the wife's cleaning, and then there's like a shadow that passes across the screen, except there are two shadows. Yeah. It's, they walk one shadow and then another shadow, and then you just see one guy walk across the screen. And I was like, that's spooky. They really did a good job. I want to say, I want to compliment however they shot these shadows. They yes. look really good. These shadow figures look good. Yeah. Like the hood is defined on the first one. Really dig it. Really yeah. dig it. The first one is clearly like his shadow. And then the second one is like scrunched up a little bit and like really close behind him. Like literally like he's got someone like. On his tail. Right there. Yeah. Which is like he's being haunted, which is just like. Oh, God, yes. Yes, Criminal Minds, good job. And then the husband's like, yeah, Lena can do it. They tease each other. They're going to go have sex upstairs. He says, I love it when you're drunk. And she's like, oh, my God, one glass of champagne. <laughs> I hate yeah, these people. Um... <laughs> Not to be, like, gay, but I hate these people. I hate these people so much, yeah. Yeah, and then the guy calls 911. And he gives them the address and the woman's like, I know where you're calling from. I looked this up, okay? Because TV shows always do this. And I didn't know if 911 could actually like track you. So here's what it is. For landlines, which is what he calls on, for landlines, the 911 dispatchers have a list of all the landlines in the areas yeah. of service. So if they call, the number comes up, the address comes up. Great. For cell phones, it takes a few minutes and it's not quite as accurate because it's, you know, they have to triangulate. So it's within like five to ten blocks, not necessarily perfect. I just had never known that, so. 
Really? I feel like I learned that at school. They always said that if you had to call 911, do it from a landline so they have the exact location. Well, I I had heard that they couldn't track you like that. Most of the time they do it on cell phones and TV. They just like someone will open a cell phone. They do that on Criminal Minds all the time. They open a cell phone, call 911, and then just like leave it. Leave it somewhere. Yeah. yeah. The guy calls 911. He's like, he thinks they're too greedy. They have too much stuff. And the woman's like, you're calling because they have too much stuff. (laughs) And he's like, yeah, no, I mean, they're going to kill him. And then you hear like, Raphael is going to kill the sinners. And then it cuts, but it cuts to outside just as like, you know, quote unquote, Raphael takes the phone. It cuts to outside the house. So we like don't see Raphael. We only see the hooded guy. Fucking props. Cinema. 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 It's a good one. It's really good. It was a good episode, guys. Yeah. This is the beginning of my dislike of Reed, I will say, though. But (laughs) it's a good episode. Um, But I do hate him a little bit after this. Okay, here we go. The team is at Ziggy's. This is Ziggy's bar. They don't say it here. They do say it eventually. Morgan is dancing with, like, three women. Emily, the chaos... The vibes I live This for. is a really well done bar scene because it does feel like I'm in the middle of a bar I don't want to be at. <laughs> you really feel like you're like there. Part of the party with them. Yeah, I love it. And the way they flow between people is like so cute. So Emily's, Emily's holding like three drinks. She's drinking a light beer. Hot drinks like a Guinness. Because of course she does. And then Haley has a mixed drink. I, so there's a bunch of Haley drama that starts like so soon and I forgot it hadn't happened yet <laughs> and I was like sorry Haley's just at the bar with them are we gonna ignore <laughs> this yeah she's just chilling no it hasn't happened yet um also Emily's shirt is so weird right like am I right no it's weird it's so weird one tits out tits are super out tits are out and okay? I appreciate a good tits out shirt we love it we know I do but then it's like cartoon Asian sky clouds like I I don't know I wish they just gone and made her goth but whatever okay no she's she's trying to be like a normal person she's trying to be she, chill that's what normal people wear yeah Emily brings the drinks and then Haley's like so Emily how's the BAU treating you and Hatch is like she means me am I being nice to you and Emily goes uh, yep, everyone's being very nice. And then she and Hotch... Lying through her fucking teeth. She and Hotch make this face. Both of them are just like, mm-hmm. They're both <laughs> very nice. Yeah, everyone's been very nice to me. Everybody's been super nice. Yeah, And then Garcia is just like staring at Derek while he dances. And it feels weird, but also like, I get it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, you know. Mood. This is still early season Garcia's, but early seasons Garcia, where she like is confident in herself, but wouldn't necessarily like pursue someone. You know, she hasn't gotten yeah. her groove yet. Mm-hmm. She's not in, in her hot like hot bitch era yet. Yeah, yeah, she's still in her like nerdy cave troll era i don't mean it like that yeah no i know what you mean (laughs) uh and then they have the best exchange where 
Garcia is like, look at him move. He's like a cat. And then he's like, more like a dog. And Garcia's like, they asked him to dance. He did not ask them to dance. And she's like, okay, fine. He's like, cat. But then Haley's like, an alley cat. And then they laugh. Um, That's very funny. Hotch like gets Haley's hand and is like, let's go show him how it's done. And they go dance together. And Emily's like, that's so cute. Ugh, I just love this scene. It's like every part of the scene is like perfect. Every part of the scene is really funny. It's really every single the Hotch's fucking like sweater. Like he wore like a pullover sweater. So like technically Her he's not was. in a suit, but mm-hmm. <laughs> it's still in a fucking zipper sweater. Okay. Yeah. Emily's a little dorky, but she's also like tits out because she knows she's hot. Tits out, like, she's hot, yeah. Yeah. Garcia's like, I'm going to go to the bathroom. Don't let anyone take my seat. And Emily's like, I'll guard it with my fucking life. <laughs> Garcia goes to the bathroom. And then we see JJ just destroying these men at darts. Just clearly she has been wrecking them all night long. She like throws her hands up. We get a little JJ. Okay. We are in low-rise jeans era of just fashion. JJ's zipper is maybe two inches. Tiny. And then she, like, lifts her arms and her whole belly is out. And I was like, this is funny because Emily's got tits out and JJ's got her abs out. (laughs) They know their strength. They know. They know. They know. Yeah, and she yells, like, ooh, another one bites the dust. She is fleecing these fucking dudes. Oh, yeah, they're just buying her beers all night long. And she's like smoking she's him at darts. In. Oh yeah, and then she's just gonna go home alone when Hundo. She says that darts is like a national sport where she comes from. Her hometown was too small for a bowling alley. <laughs> she says. Also, when you think about it, a lot of places are too small for a bowling alley. A bowling alley is very specialized. Like well, I mean, it could be like only two or three lanes and everyone hangs out there. Like, there's a lot of small towns, you know, that have, like, the one thing to do, you know? Yeah, I just, I don't know, like, I have lived in really small towns that do have bowling alleys, and then I've lived in bigger towns that don't have bowling alleys at all. You know what I mean? Like, bowling alleys seem really specialized to me, and unless you're, like, at the crossroads of, like, two major highways or whatever, it's not like you're going to host a fucking bowling league in your town of 30 people. You know what I mean? I feel like, I feel like... If you're a place that has a lot of, like, young people, like, because bowling, kids can do, and, like, 20-somethings can go, like, get shit-faced, and then older people can, you know, be playing pool in the back kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, I absolutely get what she means, though, but, like, bowling is such a weirdly, like, specialized thing, you know what I mean? Like, it seems so... She's someone who's very bitter there was not a bowling alley. Yeah, like, it feels like she really was pushing for a bowling alley for a long time. Oh, yeah. She's like, I'm 27 years old, and I didn't get to have my (laughs) bowling experience (laughs) as a teenager, and I'm still bitter about it. I get it. Um, Okay, she gets a phone call, and she's like, sorry, boys, you're going to have to find someone else to humiliate you. (laughs) And then she leaves. And Spencer, okay, here... Spencer is talking to these people. They're like asking him questions about specific Star Trek original series episodes. And he's giving them like the stats. Do you think these are his friends? Or do you think he like overheard someone in the bar talking about Star Trek and just like 
invited himself into the conversation. I think these three nerds found each other. I think I think Spencer was probably talking to like Emily or JJ about Star Trek, and then they over these two people overheard him, and then were like, "Hey, I also like Star Trek." And then Emily took the first exit out of that conversation that she could. I feel like right. emotionally, that's how it went down. Yeah, he's just like blah, blah, blah Star Trek, and they're like, "Oh my god, I love Star Trek," and Emily's like. Okay, bye. And just like immediately have fun with your friends. And just like leaves. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, she's like, sorry, I'm too hot to spend the night. And a sleepover? Sure. This bar tonight? No. Okay. They get the Dr. McCoy quote. I am not a peddler of flesh. I am a physician, which is an interesting quote to use for this episode and the next. She goes outside. <laughs> I wrote, okay, time to address the midriff in the room. Yeah, it's 20 fucking degrees outside. You can see it right there on this little diagram I put into the Google Doc, along with some pictures of JJ and her t-shirt. But apparently hot girls don't get cold. Hot girls don't get cold. <laughs> they don't. A case comes in, we don't hear what it is, but she's like, yeah, I'll let them know I'm, um, I'm with everyone already. Uh, and then Gideon's at the Smithsonian. Oh yeah, the fucking museum curator guy is like, I saved this one for your annual Super Bowl visit. It's fucking weird. (laughs) It's intricate rituals for sure. It's super intricate rituals. Yeah. It's a hand-colored Ottoman etching of a northern mockingbird. Put a pin in this piece of art. We will come back to it later. The man is like, it's a mockingbird fighting off snakes and, um... Gideon goes on and on about how they can imitate anything, even like machinery, blah, 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 whatever. And they don't have any concern for their own well-being. And the guy's like, maybe that's why you like them, Gideon. I was like, that's flirty of you. Really? Like, yeah, what the the energy they had in the studio? Little gay. It had very like gay museum man in love with Gideon and Gideon doesn't even notice. Because, like, why would yeah. Gideon even notice? Gideon gets a phone call. He, for some reason, it made me laugh. He goes, JJ? <laughs> and I was like, oh, Gideon calls her JJ. Huh. I don't know why yeah. that was so weird to me. That he, like, <laughs> called her by, like, such a nickname. Oh, yeah, I, I wrote the quote. I'm sorry we couldn't spend more time together. And then Gideon it's leaves. Just really, yeah. Yeah. And it means something. Because when we come back to this place it's for a really like secret reason and Gideon really trusts this guy Tobias his wearing bloody gloves and he's like in the cornfield he's like driving in the cornfield and he's like what did we do Raphael what did we do um and then he's like that wasn't redemption that wasn't God's will and then he's like crying into his hands in a crossroads He stops his truck in the crossroads to cry about how he killed someone and that wasn't God's will. Ugh, criminal minds, this episode. Cinema genius. Fuck, dude. Ugh, okay. Cinema genius. This episode got me. This episode's good. This episode's good. (laughs) We're like five minutes in. Okay. Actually, we're pretty, we're like six minutes in. 
We've been recording for 50 minutes and we are six minutes into this episode. We're not even opening credits yet. The opening credits hasn't even happened. Okay, we're going, we're going. Fast and Furious, let's go. Okay. Vroom, vroom. They get to the BAU. Derek is like, it seems like every time I get my groove thing going, we have to come back. And Emily like makes his face like, ugh. I just like love, every time he says something so cringy, she's just like, idiot. <laughs> she really is just like, are you really saying that right here in front of God and everyone? Is this what you're God doing? God and everyone. Uh, and then Spencer's like, blah, blah, blah. Statistically, it's not any more likely, whatever. And Hotch like smiles as he's saying that. It's very cute. They like had like a team bonding outing. And then Emily's like, besides, is it that hard for you to get your groove thing going again? It's really funny. Also, here's something interesting. The whiteboard in this episode is the same as it was in Sex, Birth, and Death. Um, it's been the same it was whiteboard. Like four episodes ago. Yeah, it's been three and a half months in the show. And it's the same mandatory 8 a.m. <laughs> meeting yeah. on the board. I was like, come on, props team, get it together. Alternatively, nobody at the BAU wants to, like, wants to bother doing the cleanup on that they're just like fuck it we haven't closed out that case file we'll just leave it (laughs) it's funny it It also makes me laugh because like okay it says the bau's three r's are regulations restrictions and registrations and i'm just like obsessed with the idea of like jj being like can everyone remember (laughs) to do their fucking paperwork Mandatory, God. mandatory 8 a.m. meeting for you guys to learn how to do your fucking paperwork. Literally. Every day until you get this right. <laughs> so, Gideon comes back from the Smithsonian. Oh, he comes back from the Smithsonian and goes, well, I say I wasn't the only one not sleeping. Uh, I bet it smells like alcohol in that briefing room. He walks it in and he goes, woo! so bad. It smells like you walk in and it is just like bar clean-out night. It I, is just a wall of smell at you. I have such a serious question that will never be answered. But like, yeah. are they not allowed to get drunk in their free time? What if they're absolutely hammered one night? And they get the call to come in for a case. Do they come in hammered? Or do they call Hotch and say, sorry, I'm smashed right now. You said we had the night off. Like, with the, I mean, they were all at a bar drinking. You know, like, do they go into this case a little flushed or what? So, like, when, for example, when, like, doctors are on call, uh, they usually shouldn't because if you have one drink get a call and then something bad happens right. like you get sued for malpractice period these guys though they're Always like on never call. not on call Always yeah on call. so like i feel like they're probably chill with like hey i gotta i'll catch up with you guys tomorrow i am sloshed <laughs> send me the details i'll check into the airport at 6 a.m i just i'm gonna go sleep this off now i just feel like this should have been sprinkled throughout the show people coming in a little tipsy or like hungover or something, you know. There's a couple episodes where they have hangovers, but it's like very, like, you know, pointed. Yeah. Um, that's funny. 
So then Emily says, oh, Gideon, you missed a good time. And he says, I had a good time. Okay. Gay, 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 gay. He goes, I had a good time. And then JJ just fucking comes stomping in the room. Well, that's definitely over. (laughs) I was like, yes, AJ Cook, hit that entrance. Get that cue. Get in there. Hit your mark. Hell yeah. Hit your mark. Pick up that controller. Um, okay. Dennis and Lacey Kyle died an hour ago at Atlanta, Georgia. Police <laughs> came to the scene super fast. <laughs> Again, with the tone. It's always JJ with the tone shifts where it's like, you missed a good time. I had a good time. That's over. People are dead. Like, <laughs> they are two male unsubs, quote unquote. The first called from inside the house and was like, hey, um, <laughs> someone's going to die. And the other one. Whoops. Yeah, whoops. Um, and then the other one was like, shut the fuck up. So, <laughs> first male terrified of Raphael, scared Raphael's gonna kill the sinners. And the police arrived in four minutes and 26 seconds. That's how you know they're in a bougie neighborhood. Yeah. Four minutes and 26 seconds. And then when they get there, the police chief is like, yeah, it's a shame we couldn't come any sooner. And they're like, four minutes? <laughs> you joking? And then they even point this out, though, because in the second murder, the police took like 11 minutes to get there. And the cop says, oh, the fact that there's a low police presence in this area has been a subject of news coverage lately. So, like, I guess we are acknowledging. There's almost an acknowledgement of class differences here. Almost. Good job. Almost. Yeah. Wow. Oh, the pictures come up. That's you have to look away. Poor Garcia. How's the worst time this episode? I know. And next episode. There's a really interesting moment that I don't want to spoil of her like not being able to watch. But I think this is kind of like, like she never likes the gross pictures. But I think this is the first time we get that like, I'm not going to look at it. Like, yeah. I'm turning it off, you know, mm-hmm. which I like. Yeah. Um, Kyle or Dennis, they give his, their last names are first names. And I hate that. Name's Kyle Dennis, dot com millionaire. Sorry, his name's Dennis Kyle. Kyle is his last name. This is what I'm talking about. Dennis Kyle and Lacey Kyle. Oh, yeah, true, I guess. <laughs> yep. Kyle's a dot com millionaire. But apparently, apparently, he's like a good guy. He employed a bunch of people in the area. He, like, they say later he, like, did charity and, like, paid people well and, like, whatever. Media is covering this case because um, he was well known. That never comes into play. There's like no media coverage of this at all. Yeah, it's kind of weird that they mention it. They're like, yeah, he's a big employer in the community. This will be covered by the media. And then they never talk about it. Never talk about it. And it doesn't come up next episode either. Just nothing. Although to be fair, JJ is not exactly in any position to talk to anybody. Do anything. Yeah. The police found him. Oh, there was a page of the Bible. Okay, here we go. Bible lesson number one. All right. Call me camp because this is Bible class. It's Revelation 6, 8 with the phrase, and I looked and beheld, wait, and I looked and beheld a pale horse and his name that sat on him was death and hell followed with him and power was given unto them over the fourth part of the earth to kill with sword and with hunger and with death, and with the beasts of the earth. That's the quote. A.K.A. the fourth 
horsemen of the apocalypse. Um, the first one being the conqueror slash antichrist. The second one is war slash bloodshed. The third is a balance scale and famine. And the fourth is just death. Usually it's seen as like war, famine, death, and like the antichrist. And then Revelations, the book of Revelations has two parts. The first part is moral admonitions, calling people out. And then the second part is a bunch of visions and allegories and symbols, which I think fits this these two parts really well. Mm-hmm. Where this episode is the guy calling out people for their trouble. Then the next episode, we get a bunch of visions and imagery and shit. This episode's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. See, this is the good when they actually talk about religion. Here's the thing. I think they do they do really good Bible episodes kind of across the board. But whenever the, I feel like whenever they actually like directly reference Bible verses, you're like, oh, okay, we're in for a good ride. But I think that comes from the writer's room being a lot of white dudes who probably grew up with it. So they like know yeah. how to like use yeah. it. Uh, yeah. And that's why we like barely ever dive into other religions. Good. Correct. To be fair good if you're not going to do it right don't do it but they do really really good bible episodes i know when they do okay and then there's three interpretations of the book of revelations one is that all of it is fully allegorical two is that it's all a literal prophecy so i don't know if you know this but the book of revelations tells the story is is told from john's point of view i think and it's a prophecy for end days basically you know, yeah. we're going to get these plagues. The plagues come in like seven cycles and it, like details and shit. Okay. So the first is that it's totally allegorical. The second is that it's a literal prophecy. This is how end days will be. And the mm-hmm. third is that it was about the kind of contemporary crisis of faith because Christians were under attack by the Romans at the time, right? Christ was killed by Romans. Um, yeah. And so the stories of the plague and all of that are about like having a crisis of faith, but trusting that God will bring you through it basically. Um, yep. So that's kind of the general book of revelations. First Bible lesson. There's your religion check for the day. Well, it's the first. Um, and then they say that, oh shit, that's the, that's the Bible. So he's a mission-based killers and mission-based killers don't stop killing. And Hotch and Gideon like split the quote and they say it out loud. The Tobias is inside his house. There's the two voices. There's the man yelling at the scared one. They give him a hard slap and the guy's... Okay, they never show Tobias slapping himself. Do you think he's like full body hand... Like in that moment, his brain oh, yeah, is sure. like just hand slap. For Oof. sure. I think they never also, showed it because that would look silly. But it would look silly and ruin the surprise. But also I want to note that in like IMDB credits for some reason, James Vanderbeek, who plays Tobias, uh, he is credited not as Tobias, but as Raphael first. Huh. That's an interesting choice. Is it like Raphael Tobias Charles? It is no. He is he plays Raphael, comma Tobias Hankel. Oh, but that's incorrect because he also plays Charles. But 
Kind of. They have they have the actor who played Charles Don Swayze yeah. as Charles. Don't question me, boy. Smack. They show a bunch of computer screens, but mostly you can just see it's like a messy house. And then boom, mm-hmm. we see the young man. And I'm sure if you cared about Dawson's Creek, you would be like, "Well, it's Dawson." Um, but I've never seen that show, so I was just like, "That's Tobias Hankel." Yeah, I was like, "That's just a guy." You, you know the <laughs> that meme? guy was in a Kesha music video. <laughs> Sorry, uh, I just feel like that was a lot of. That's probably the only reason a lot of young gay people know him. You know, I never saw that music video. Did I? Does it take place well, in an arcade? I honestly don't remember. <laughs> but you remember him, okay? There's a flashback. Flashback? Flashback. Of a little boy playing with marbles. Literally, what is marbles? We don't have to go into it. I do fuck if I know how you play marbles. It does not make any sense to me. Anyway, the dad, Charles, drags the kid into the barn and literally brands his forehead because he's being sealed. You have to be sealed to serve the Lord, sealed with God's mark on your forehead. And I thought this was very interesting. But the flashback of Tobias Henkel looks a lot like flashbacks of Reed. You'll see next episode. But like, I saw that and I was like, oh my god, that's the yeah. thing. They made them look pretty similar. Um, and then modern day, he was fucking, like, he like lifted his forehead like the fucking Harry Potter movie. Yeah, I show. noticed that too. I was like, okay. I was like, okay, Harry Potter with the fucking Giving scars. us wizard realness. Wizard realness. Uh, and then he's like shaking as he's showering off the blood. We watch the blood go into the drain. And then it's the credits. We're 11 minutes into this episode. And we've been recording for one hour and 11 minutes. <laughs> Some of that is nonsense. Most of it is nonsense. Most of it's nonsense. Okay, but. So, okay, here's the thing. I am pretty sure the version of the Bible they were using is the King James Bible. So that's what I took all my quotes from. So. Yeah, that's the most common version, right? Yeah, it's one of the most common versions. It's one of the most common ones because when the Gutenberg Press was invented, it was the King James Bible that they widespread. And I think it might have been one of the first ones in English because that was a huge thing because the Bible used to only be in Latin to keep power with the church and not let people um, worship and have a relationship with God in their own way. It had to be through the church in Latin and they had to just like believe what they were told. And then the Bible started being printed in, not Latin. And that was the King James Bible that got really well spread. But the quote is saying, Hurt not the earth, nor the sea, nor the trees, till we have sealed the servants of God in, our, in their foreheads. Um, and basically, the main interpretation of it is that like they're preparing the world for revelations for the apocalypse. And God said, wait, 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 don't kill anybody yet. And don't hurt the earth. Don't do the apocalypse yet. We need to, you know, find the people who have God sealed in their foreheads, meaning like their minds, their souls, etc. But they don't talk about what kind of like seal it is. Um, A lot of the things that I read talk about how you like seal letters with wax, like the idea of like, it's, mm-hmm. It is what makes a document official if you put your seal on it, a seal of yeah. approval kind of thing. So like to have God sealed in their foreheads, in their souls, is to make their relationship with God like official. 
um, and God puts a seal on 144,000 people, 12,000 from each of the 12 tribes of Israel. And that's why, if you know anything about Jehovah's Witnesses, they believe that there are only 144,000 people that are going to heaven. And if you die on earth, you did not make it. Um, okay. Like they believe that when God comes and he's coming soon, they will be taken with their bodies. Whereas most other Christian sects believe that it's your soul that goes to heaven. Little fun fact. That's where that number comes from. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Great. We're on the plane now. We're on the plane. Emily goes, this is going to be a bad one, isn't it? And Derek's Understatement of the fucking <laughs> year, sweetheart. She says that and I was like, oh, baby, bestie. It gets so bad, bestie. Like, so bad, bestie. Uh, and Derek's like, unsubs with the cause are never good. Oh, also, Emily is wearing the same outfit she wore in Lessons Learned, but this time she's like, sexy and gay like we see her standing later and i'm like yes you lesbian you know but in lessons learned it was all like oh i'm so shy ooh, ooh, baby but in this one it was like yeah i look hot her pants are so tight i can't i'm gay family apprentice emily outfit check hot as shit <laughs> <laughs> emily outfit check yes <laughs> yes they're listening to the 911 call and everyone's like what the fuck and when they say Raphael, Gideon's like, hmm, interesting. And then Emily is like, well, maybe the scared one's doing it is against his will. But they're all like, no, because he could have screamed out to warn them. And instead he called 911 and whispered. And then JJ points out like, well, the guy said Raphael will kill them. So like, is he speaking in third person? Is it a third person? And Reed's like, no, tons of people talk about themselves in the third person. Garcia is going to run the name through federal and Georgia databases. Oh, Hotch is like, JJ, I need to know everything about the victims. That's going to be so important. And I was like, yes, send JJ to do victimology. Thank you. Thank you. This feels like her first big, and she doesn't even do too much, but this feels like the first time they're like, hey, go do this actual profiler yeah. thing, please. And thank you. I wrote that. I was like, a, a JJ task. <laughs> task. Wow. it's like she went from like might as well have not been there to so here's what i'm doing this episode to hey jj can you do this for us hell yeah girl get it no this is the episode that kind of like catapults her into the field more um we'll see why next episode but <laughs> but it's kind of what gets her out there uh, Prentice is going to go to the morgue and look at the bodies because, like, he killed two people in four minutes and 30 seconds, which is, like... That's real quick. Bonkers bananas. Bonkers fast. We can't talk about three seconds of a television show in four and a half minutes. You can't. I could go through this okay. shit fast and furious. We just wouldn't have a good podcast. That's fair. Uh, Hotch goes to the Atlanta field office. He's like, this is too efficient for the first kill. There's got to be more... Gideon, Derek, and Reed are going to the crime scene. And Gideon's like rereading Revelations, which is like, okay. At the crime scene, at the crime scene, Reed is like, hey, Gideon, you all right? You look sad. And Gideon just looks him dead in the eyes and says, I am sad. <laughs> I 
was like, so okay. Tricking. Me too. It's like, okay. <laughs> so true, bestie. Yeah. And then he says, like, I'm tired of people using religion to justify the terrible things they do. Okay. Uh, well, you've yeah. lost me. And then Reed has to explain the word unsubs. And I was like, ah, time for the mid-season check-in. Every season, it's like one of the first episodes in the middle of the season. And at the end, <laughs> they have to explain the word unsubs. Nice. Yes, he's mission-based because he's, like, religious. He's done a religious mission. They say this whole thing to him. Reed, like, does his rambling. And then the cop goes, huh. <laughs> it's like, and that's it. He's like, yeah, okay. Uh, and then they're like, how is he stabbed? And the guy goes, uh, stabbed isn't the word I would use. <laughs> so we go to the morgue. <laughs> we find out. It's, like, not funny, but, like, it is funny. We it find, is kind of funny. It is kind of funny. We find out their throats were cut. They've got a vertical gas from wrist to elbow and then gashes from their cross to their upper thigh, uh, which is all the major, major arteries. And the guy is like, the coroner is like, it's actually pretty damn deficient. That's pretty good. That's how I do, you know. Uh, and Emily's like, okay. <laughs> so like, who would know? And he's like, well, anyone with basic anatomy or like a farmer. Oh. Well, he says, he says, like, anybody with a basic knowledge of the body could do this. Yeah. They did it like an animal to slaughter. And then he was like, wait, no, it is literally exactly like you would slaughter an animal. Yeah. So, like, farmers or hunters or pretty yeah. much anybody else in rural Georgia. So funny. <laughs> so freaking. And we just goes, hmm. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we're back in the field office. JJ, and this is what JJ is like. I talked to that last couple who left the party. They had no enemies. They did charity. They lived in a nice house. And then they show a picture, and I'm like, that's a plantation house. Um, Defo was. Defo was. Those columns with that porch. Okay. Uh, the local police officer comes in, and he's like, hey, I pulled the cases. There's nothing there. And JJ's like, well, can I look over them, you know, fresh eyes? And he's like, I told you, there's nothing there. And then she does her whole, like, she like, I put the pictures here for you to see. She's like, looks at him, pissed as shit, drops her face, and it's like, I'm gonna have to be cute. And then she like, turns her baby blues on. And she's like, you know, these guys, they're not gonna let me do anything. And I flew all the way here. Can I just look at the cases? And yeah. the guy's like, yeah, all right. And then she like, looks over her shoulder at Hotch, and he like, nods at her. He's like, good job. <laughs> It is so funny to me. And the second the guy turns around, the smile just drops, drops from her eyes. She's like, and we're done. And see. And I hate this guy. <laughs> yeah. I wrote, what a tricky bitch. I love her. Next. Back at the crime scene. Derek. Okay. Okay. Props to criminal minds for making them wear the crime scene booties. But Derek is in his leather jacket and these stupid little booties. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and he looks dumb, but good for them. He does this role-playing thing. He's like, well, if I was the attacker, I'd enter here. And I attack Dennis first because he's the greatest threat. And also, like, the guy left the phone off the hook. We heard the woman scream. You can't scream your throat's cut. Okay. Woman goes to the bathroom. He kills her there. He wore latex gloves. But... That doesn't make any sense because he should be disorganized, not worried about leaving fingerprints. So like that doesn't make any sense. 
So Garcia calls and is like, is there a shade lounge? And he's like, if by shade lounge, you mean little couch thing, which is very funny. Um, also, I wouldn't call that a shade lounge. but okay. She called it a settee, I think. Oh, a settee. You're right. You're right. And he's like, yeah, okay. And then viral video. It's a viral video. And nobody knows what the term viral video means. Nobody knows what the term viral video Also, here's the thing. It's a website, but she's like, you should see the replies on the email chain. But it's literally a web hosting site with a comment section. So like, are they just sending the link? Or like, forwarding the link to the site? Whatever. They don't know how the internet works. It's no, fine. they don't. They're just just shuts the phone on her like he does and he goes to the open laptop and they're like look it in the laptop camera and it like goes to the other side and we see Tobias Henkel looking at them through the laptop and you see like all these screens of him watching people and it's like uh oh so then we're watching the video and it starts with the unsub giving a speech in his like hoodie and there's a third voice which is Charles um and it's like I'm gonna punish you seven times this is like I'm gonna have to bring this back up next episode I don't want to give spoilers, but basically seven is super important, right? Because there's a seven deadly sins. God created the world in seven days. The revelation, he talks to seven churches. The Israelites have seven annual holidays. And every plague in Revelation comes in a septet. So seven signifies the completion or the perfection of God, which is one of the reasons why Satan's number is 666, because he like he can't quite reach perfection. He's six, he's not seven. And the apocalypse is going to be ushered in when the seven seals are opened. If you remember Supernatural, uh, that's, Girl. that's what Ruby does. She opens the seven seal. <clears throat> yep. Anyway, I listed the seven seals here and I was like, oh shit. Like between this episode and next episode, they go through all seven seals. And I was like, is this me? Am I making it work? But also, mm, it kind of works. Really? Yeah. So one, seal one is, I guess, minor spoilers for part two. Seal one is the introduction of the Antichrist, who's going to promise peace but wage war. So that's Tobias calling and being like, I don't want to kill him. I don't want to hurt him. And then killing and hurting them. That's what I think. Seal two is once peace is promised, there's war and um, the writer slays a bunch of people. So he goes and he kills again. He kills the woman having an affair. Three is famine. After the war, you have to survive by bare means of food. I have that that's him kidnapping Reed. And like, that's kind of like once he's killed people, he takes Reed and is like, I'm going to use you to keep me alive, whatever. Seal four is death kills a quarter of the people on earth. Henkel gives Reed four options and tells him to choose someone to kill. And then Reed picks one to save and Tobias kills one. So he kills one fourth of Hmm. the options. Seal five is that those who are martyred will ask how long until the end of it. And then told they have to wait a little bit longer. So Reed is like, okay, I picked someone to die. Are you going to let me go now? And Tobias is like, no, now you have to pick like one of the, your seven FBI agents 
to kill the seven people of the devil to kill. Seal six, it's a catastrophic, you start getting catastrophic natural events, which I say is redying is the catastrophic event and he comes back to life. And then seal seven is silence fails heaven and it's peace before the judgment. And that's when Reed kills Henkel and it's all quiet. And then they find him, but then the judgment, he fails and he takes the drugs. Okay. So everything that happens after season two, episode 15, apocalypse. That's a joke. <laughs> Apocalyptic <laughs> levels of terrible. Yeah. This is this is where the timeline splits. <laughs> Criminal Minds actually takes place in end days. <laughs> it would explain so much. Criminal Minds takes place in the uh... In the Apocalypse. In the Apocalypse. Yeah. I don't know, I just thought that was interesting. I was like, am I making am I putting too much work into this? Probably. Probably, yeah. Yeah, well it's fun. But That's cool. I think it's cool. The computer, that laptop belonged to the Kyles. Gideon is like, it's weird because, oh, they're in the back in the building, back in the satellite office. And Gideon is like, it's weird because like they want, they needed the world to see this message. They need to share it, but they didn't bring a camera. Mm-hmm. So then Gideon is like, oh my God, they can see us through the camera right now. And then he stands up and he goes, um, detective, does this building have wireless internet? And it's like, huh, it is motherfucker. It's 2007, ain't it? But also, you're in a federal building. You also work for the feds. Also, it's the same thing as with, like, Garcia bringing an unprotected, like, laptop in. It's the same shit. Yeah. I was like, do they not have a password on their internet? Yeah, is your internet not password protected? You can't just bring a computer into a building and it it just, like, connects to the internet. If it's ever been there before, it's not going to fucking do that. Yeah. Whatever. Like... The tech in this episode is like bananas. The wild. It is wild. It's 2007. It's the wild, wild west, baby. Wild, wild west. Wild, wild west. The man sees the FBI as an army of Satan. He sends this weird little like message. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The computer beeps and it's like the armies of Satan shall not prevail. And then it turns off. (laughs) And then... Reed is like, he's controlling the laptop remotely. And Emily's like, is that even possible? And Garcia's like, well, when the mortals need tech support, fuck off. God. Some criminal minds technology ages really well, or they're like vague about it enough that you're like, okay, fine. And then sometimes they're like, is it possible to access a laptop remotely? Does this building have wireless internet? She used a search engine to read about death? (laughs) Just like... I can't tell if like we are too of the internet generation to get it. Like, would this have been eye-rollingly terrible back then? Not not eye-rollingly terrible, but like, okay. (sighs) One of our favorite shows, James, I think I speak for both of us when I say it's person of interest. Yeah. It's one of the best shows of all time, period. Yes. Right? And that show is all about what you can and cannot do with technology. That's fair. So we, I feel like, are way more well-versed. Obviously, also, you know, it's been 10 years since this episode fucking came out. Like, You mean it's been 15 years? It's been 15 years since this episode fucking came out. Um, You know, like, 
yeah. technology and our general level of competency with technology has really increased. Both you and I are pretty fucking computer savvy compared to the average person was in 2006 or seven or whatever. Yeah. And also like for me, my parents both worked in the computer industry since like the 70s and 80s. So like, you know, but also this is t- again, we're not the target audience even now. Like this was targeted at like 40 somethings in 2007. You know, yeah, they would yeah. not have gotten it unless they worked yeah. in the field. Yeah, fair. Yeah, right. The demographic of this is definitely like boomers. <laughs> For sure. And here we are. Okay. And Garcia's like, yeah, so if, if you need to do tech support, sometimes they'll just log in remotely. Um, but you aren't supposed to stay in there. But like, I guess you can install a Trojan horse. They're going to send the laptop to Garcia. And then she goes, oh, this video has gone crazy viral. And Gideon's like, what does that mean? And she's like, the most downloaded video on the internet worldwide. So. (laughs) Hmm. Okay. We do see that it was downloaded over 2 million times. That is a lot in 2007 because YouTube is barely a thing in 2007. So for some like random like video website, but I mean like Homestar Runner was a thing. So I don't know about this. (laughs) It's the most downloaded video on the internet worldwide. And then I don't like the way they talk about people right here. So Garcia says they may not even think it's real. They, it could be marketing for like a horror movie. And then JJ says, people see so many things on the internet every day. Oh, she's the one who says, people see so many things on the internet every day. They could think it's like marketing for a horror movie. And Derek's like, this guy has one thing right. The world is pretty screwed up. And I, I was just like, no one's like, oh, yay. I'm watching a real life person be murdered everyone's like bro the special effects in this movie trailer are great yeah <laughs> like what okay and also i mean this was also we have to remember this was like 2006 2007 still the wild west time of the era like content moderation hadn't gotten very good Nothing. things like youtube you didn't have to declare that it was an ad for something even today companies still try and like do endemic marketing by not declaring that it's an ad for anything like i get i i I get what like jj is saying right like this is oh yeah you see when you watch something and you see something happen you're probably like what's the most logical thing well it's probably marketing for like a horror movie you don't think i'm watching a real life murder happen right now right exactly i think jj's right it's just that derek is like the world is pretty screwed up also, like, Derek is going from, like, point A to point G, and I don't know how he got there. Also, okay, I took some screenshots of this website, and Bestie... <laughs> You're gonna die. Okay. Isn't it, like, clearly photoshopped? Like, so, so clearly photoshopped? Yes, but... So here's the thing. I went to the website he types in, to bitnet or tobitnet, it redirects. It's a dead CPS interactive link. So they they made this website. 
Okay. C- yeah. CBS made this website. Okay. Oh, I thought you said CPS Interactive, and I was like, what the fuck does oh, that Oh, no, no, mean? no. CBS, the television. Okay. They made this website, okay? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So first off, the, the video was downloaded two million times, over two million times. Okay. The video is what you're supposed to be looking at. In the top right-hand corner of this screen, it says website categories, videos, games, animations, sexy time, humor, raunchy. And I was Mm -hmm. like, he made, did he make this? And then they have their Hall of Fame videos. One is a guy in a white wig and it says, hello, ladies. And one is somebody with two Tibetan monks, and it says monks in space. (laughs) And I was like, I... Does Tobias think any... Like, you're putting this on the same website as monks in space, and there's a sexy time category. Who's gonna think this is real? Yeah. Like... And then, okay, and then he opens the forum. The names of these people, I have it all, okay? Aces says, amazing, when does this movie come out? Mad Max says, it looks so real, I thought it was actually happening. I can't stop watching it. Awesome. Bloody Sunday says, I love it. Who made this? He's my new idol. Joe Bob says, this is crazy bloody. Crazy scary and crazy great. Mr. Wilson says, This is the best thing I've seen on the net since that monkey fell off the tree after it smelled its own butt. <laughs> Ms. Vamp, two Z's, Ms. Vamp says, This is the coolest thing I've ever seen. I love this guy. I want his babies. Give me more. And Dame Omen says, If there's a better bloodbath on the net, someone tell me, because this is the greatest scene I've ever come across, and I've seen and done it all. Okay. They really captured how off-fucking-topic most internet comments are, you know? They really, honestly, y'all got it. Nailed it. So funny. And also, like, at the bottom of it, oh, I didn't post a picture, but at the bottom of it, there's this little chunk that's, like, to customize your website... Here's the, your options. They like bought a domain and then like used whatever fucking 2007 Squarespace was. Couldn't even bother to like fill out the last box. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love this show. Okay. Tobias is angry. People think it's fake. Then he gets a tech support call and the guy's like, hey, I've got a new computer. My sound doesn't work. Tobias immediately chews a bunch of ibuprofen. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, tech support sucks. Mood. And the guy, Tobias Kinkle's like, what kind of you know computer is it? And the guy's like, I don't know, big. <laughs> it did make me laugh. Oh, yeah. And he has this note on his computer screen. It's the only one they really show, but it says, but woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. You know, like those people he kills. So then Tobias is like, does your computer have a webcam? Let me into your webcam. I have to access your computer. And then he sees a video of a woman kissing a man who I guess is not her husband. We don't know that yet. He calls her Jezebel. We need to talk about Jezebel. Okay. okay. I honestly, I'll be very honest with you. I did not understand this the first time. The Jezebel stuff? Yeah. In non-biblical parlance, a Jezebel is like 
a oh. slutty woman. I don't oh, want to use. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. No, that's, that's okay. Just, we can say it in a non-derogatory okay. manner, but it is used to yes. describe somebody who is considered yes. a whore. Yes, derogatory, I guess. Promiscuous. Um, adulterer, etc. That's a Jezebel. Leads men astray, basically. The actual Jezebel from the Bible was the daughter of a priest king. She, this site said, a woman of fierce energy. She tried to destroy those who opposed her. Most of the prophets of Yahweh were killed at her command. And basically she like, she marries this guy and turns him away from God toward her like nature gods. And then when her husband dies, her son is now the king. And Elijah, who's like a good Bible guy, sends his commander to kill her son. And then the commander goes to her palace. And sometime in the past, Elijah had prophesied that she would die and dogs would like eat her alive. But when the commander goes to see her, she's like, she like puts on her nice clothes and like taunts him from the window. And then he's like, hey, her slaves throw her out the window. And they do. And then later... (laughs) when they go to bury her, because they were like, I guess she was like a king's daughter. So they go to bury her properly. And when they find her body, most of it had been eaten by dogs. Hmm. So that's Jezebel. The story of Jezebel. So true. Which is why this comes up. And that story is in Kings. It's not in Revelations. But there's a passage in Revelations that people interpret as Jezebel when in reality, it's not specifically about Jezebel, but I'll tell you about it later. That's the story. Jezebel gets eaten alive by dogs. Yikes. Yeah, it's not good. The team is talking in the satellite office. And they're like, the killing seemed like a slaughter or a sacrifice. Oh, Emily's writing, first off, hot as hell. Two, her handwriting is bad. And I, I only learned recently that Paget Brewster is dyslexic. Oh, for real? Yeah. So a lot of people had Ken and Emily as dyslexic just because like Paget is. So it's like funny when they make I her like write that. up. Yeah. It's funny that they make her like write up on the whiteboard. I was like, poor girl. I was like, damn. Emily, but Emily Prentice is like, absolutely no one's allowed to know that I'm dyslexic. Absolutely Literally, no she's one. Like, I will go to the grave before somebody tries to make me read out loud or whatever, you know? Like, oh yeah, she's like, you're not no one is allowed to make me read out loud, but I will never tell you it's because I do have a disability. <laughs> You are, no yeah, one is exactly. allowed to know. I have no weaknesses. I'm God. No one is allowed to know. Okay. And then they say it seems like it's the first killing in this series. So like, even though it's so organized, like it seems like the first one. So, you know, that's odd. And then somebody's like, well, maybe like, maybe that one member does actually think it's for God. And there's a, one organized member, one disorganized member. But that doesn't make any sense because usually the frenzied one, the killing one takes direction from the cooler head. But this time, you know, the cooler head is the one that called and warned people. And the frenzied one is the one who went and told him to shut up. So it's like, you know, normally the one who had the wherewithal to call 911 would be able to stop the one who wants to kill and not the other way around. So like, that's like, what the fuck? So they were like, maybe the phone call was to cover for himself to be like, I didn't do it. I didn't want to do it. To like build a defense in court. We go to the house of the person of the lady. Um, there's sexy sounds coming from upstairs. Tobias breaks in again. He calls nine one one. This I thought was really interesting. So he quotes. This is the quote from Revelations that people interpret to be about Jezebel, but in reality, it could be about any like slutty, non-believing female authority figure. But people are like, so Jezebel, you know, 
because that word, that name has come to mean that. But the phrase that he says is, Behold, I will cast her into her bed, and them that commit adultery with her into great tribulation. But the full verse is, Behold, I will cast her into her bed, and them that commit adultery will her, with her into great tribulation, except they repent of their deeds. So he cuts off the line about how they could repent. And that kind of fits with later in the barn when... Um... Yeah, except he quotes a different section. I made a note about it. He quotes a whole different verse. I was like, finish the verse from before. Like, <laughs> Please. Please. Uh, yeah. And also this stuff like that when he says, like, I will cast her into a bed, they mean like a sick bed. They'll make them ill, not like a bed for Throw sleeping. her into an actual bed. Yeah. Oh my God, I just made a connection. That she's on a mattress in the barn. Yeah. I, I'd been like, why put her on a mattress? But now it, it's a... Um, and then also when they talk about adultery in this Bible verse, they mean like basically adultery against God, like false doctrine leading men astray um, and making men turn away from God by using sex. That's what this line is about. So people attribute that to Jezebel because that's what she did but the quote isn't necessarily about Jezebel because um, it's so far apart and they don't say her name so it's like could be anyone really okay but so then- what I'm hearing is Jezebel not guilty of any crimes <laughs> totally not her fault Jezebel literally maybe the was original like- girl boss like <laughs> so true Jezebel literally got married and went like listen I know Christ is like right now i know he i know christ is popular right now but can we maybe look at an alternative well the thing is that she was pagan she was of the old gods before christ so she met this guy and she's like hey my dad's a priest you're into christ i still believe in like the original gods of the land come with me she got a bunch of people around her to follow her and then elisha was like yeah but god told me like dogs are literally gonna eat you alive so so sorry about does that. Does that ruin your vibe? Sorry does about that, that. I'm sorry, but like, does and that change anything for you? This prophecy happens. Jezebel lives for ten more years. Dies like still kind of a queen. <laughs> Maybe definitely the original girl boss. Then actually, I now that a, I'm re- learning about it, I read a really interesting interpretation of it um, that I wasn't going to mention, but now I am talking about how she's a girl boss. Uh, that was basically like the reason she's given this reputation is because she was a female authority figure who had power over an army over men. And so of course, if she did that, she has to be evil. She She has has to be an evil whore. Right. Cause women can't just like be Queens and shit. So I read that interpretation of it and I was like, that's really interesting to me. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing to do with the episode, but interesting Bible, interesting Bible fun fact. Okay. And then Raphael's on the phone and he says, Raphael must teach more sinners the way of the Lord. Also, okay. The laptop mm-hmm. was on the table in the entranceway, just like camera toward the door. I guess when the doorbell rang, instead of like putting the laptop down, she like carried it to the hallway and put but it then down. plugged it into an ethernet cable because that's how they find out where the laptop was plugged in in the first place i don't think so i think it was a power cord you're so right because but but he takes it upstairs 
Tobias takes yeah, it upstairs. Yeah, but like I think I think what it shows is like an Ethernet cable or like a cable cable. It doesn't look like a regular power cable. Oh, maybe I don't know. But it was literally just like what? It wasn't even a desk. Like it was literally like one of those thin tables you put in a hallway to put your keys on. So I, I was could like, see like if uh, it was like in front of a window or something, and you would stand there using your little laptop. But it was just like next to the door. Maybe like, she was like standing there trying to get some last minute, you know, waiting YouTube in before her dude showed up, before her dick appointment before arrived. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. <laughs> next. Yep. Back at the uh, station. JJ's like, hey, I finished going through the other cases. The guy was right. There's no like stabbings that match, but I had a different idea. What if instead of a killing, it was originally just a home invasion? Which JJ solves. So smart. JJ solves. Absolutely does. JJ again and again shows that she is one of the best profilers. I, okay, I'm going to give a little bit of a, a, a soapbox mini spoiler. At some point, JJ does become a profiler. And people hate her in her profiler era and they like wish she would go back to media liaison because they're like, doesn't make any sense that she's a profile, whatever. No. JJ has been solving cases from day one. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. She has been the glue that is holding the BAU together. Yes. She does all the paperwork. She's the front facing person of the team. She like drafts memos she comforts family she goes into the field she profiles she does victimology she does all that way before she becomes a profiler so these are people who are dismissive of jj and they're just wrong (laughs) also i don't know if you've ever seen that like joke where it's like it's sort of like this like r slash relationships post or whatever that gets shared around every so often where this woman is like every time my boyfriend gets like stuck in a video game level he doesn't like to accept help but i will look up a walkthrough and then like just sort of give him a hint being like have you like walked over there and then he'll figure it out and feel really proud of himself i feel like that's jj with the bau oh my god my many boyfriends and girlfriends will not accept hints but if I walk over and I word it like, hey, I had a thought, then suddenly they'll be chill with it. My polycule won't accept my <laughs> My guy. polycule never accepts help. So sometimes I just say things and they're like, huh, anyway. <laughs> and then it does come back to that is what solves the case. JJ like incepts them. <laughs> she inceptions the idea in there. Yeah. Uh, okay. Because listen, because it's JJ who finds Tobias Henkel walking in he was walking his dog he reported a prowler at the guy's house and then later when somebody says oh tobias hinkle he had dogs that's why hotch is like oh my god the dog that connects back to what jj found she's fucking solved the case okay hotch is like jj freed go out and talk to hinkle it's like an hour drive to hinkle which is rip and then there's another murder hotch emily derek and gideon all go um, this time it takes almost 11 minutes because of the lack of police presence out there. And they were like, Raphael being the only person who talks is not the only thing that's new. The male's throat was cut, but the woman is missing. And they were like, also, he doesn't live here. He's the handyman. The husband was away and he said his wife should be home. And then Gideon reads the Bible quote that Raphael said. And when he gets to adultery, the policeman goes, oh. 
<laughs> like, like that was such an impossible task. The policeman like this walks policeman it out to- step by step. <laughs> the husband said there was no handiwork being done, but the handyman was home naked, and his wife. The was husband is away be- on a business trip, and then it isn't until someone goes like, "Oh, adultery!" that he goes, "Oh my god, you think they were cheating?" <laughs> You think they were cheating? Like, he's so scandalized by the conclusion he walked us to. Like, <laughs> oh, you can lead a horse to water. Okay. I guess. So then, so then Gideon reads a quote that I read you earlier and says, it's from Res- Revelations, it's about Jezebel, but which, like, you know, yeah, yeah. Maybe. Derek and Emily, like, go in, pull in on their fucking gloves, and they squat in front of the body, and Derek says, don't look now, but we're on candid camera. And I was like, okay, 2007, candid camera. It's like you're in a fucking department store. <laughs> like, No, it was a TV smile. show. I know. Oh. But the only way I know that dumb camera meme is, like, when you walk into, like, a department store or something, oh. and you can, smile. like... Smile, you're on camera. Yeah, that's what I yeah. always think of. That's fair. Uh, we get to the barn. The woman is begging. And the Charles is like, tie her hands. I'm embarrassed to call you my son. So now you're like, oh, son, huh? Back upstairs, Derek and Emily like the laptop, got a good view of the room. Garcia's trying to trace the feedback. I don't know what that means. And then the woman's back to begging. And Charles is like, she's got to repent. And she's like, I repent. And Tobias is like, see? And the dad's like, no. And then Tobias quotes Luke 15, 10, which is, likewise, I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repented. Which, like, sure. But also, Tobias could have just finished the quote Raphael said. Unless he, like, fully... Did, but, like, he has conversations with Raphael, so he has to be able to hear what Raphael is saying. So, like, what, whatever. But I said that it hints at a future unwillingness to stop violence despite repenting. Because that's kind of a whole of the next episode. Um, like, it's not actually about repenting. You know, like, Charles and Raphael don't actually believe you can repent. Um, mm-hmm. Or that anyone is being honest when they're repenting. Which, you know, okay. Hutch is like, so what does our new information tell you know, tell us? And Emily's like, only Raphael is doing the killings maybe this time? And Hutch is like, no, because he's the disorganized one. So like, he can't be doing it alone. He can't be efficient. And there's no evidence that anything was, you know, really different. Uh, and this time Raphael called, which is weird. And then Derek says, that's the signature though, is their call to 911. So Gideon reading the passage of Revelations again. And the guy's like, oh, what is that? And he goes, oh, it's Revelation. And the cop goes, oh, lots of bad stuff happens in that book. So true, bestie. Yeah. Honestly, comedy of king. This century. Yeah, this, this guy's cop, funny. Derek, or uh, Reed is like, blah, 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 blah. And he's just like, huh. <laughs> Adultery. <laughs> Revelations, like, that's a bad one. Funny. It's like, yeah, that's the bad chapter. Yeah, pretty understatement of quite literally the century yeah so then gideon's like this killing team is unlike anything we've ever seen you know they usually don't switch roles like that like if one's organized one's disorganized that's just how it is and this isn't working like that and then there's like flashbacks to the mockingbird and his voiceover of like 
they can mimic anyone's cries, even machinery. And it's like, all right. And then he's like, the Archangel Raphael. Cool. Woman, back to the woman being tied up on the mattress. Her arms are like spread. So she's tied like totally open. Um, And then there's like a camera set up. He's like, I'm going to read my little speech. Oh, Raphael is an archangel first mentioned in the book of Tobit. So that website is Tobit.net. So it is his fully his website. Why are you making a website about revelations? And it has a section, two sections, sexy time and raunchy. Hmm? 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 That's my question for you, Tobias. Monks in space. You think that's funny? Monks in space. You're going for that one, really? Right. That's an interesting little. Uh, that's a deep. That's a deep cut. That's a deep cut. Yeah, that's a deep little reference right there. That's a. That's a deep one. Maybe that's why his name is Tobias. Tobit. Tobias. Um, was it okay. called? Was the website called Tobit.net? It's T O B I T net.com <laughs> topitnet.com Remember when we used to just like go to random websites oh. to see what would happen? The other thing I was going to say is that so the book that Archangel Raphael is first mentioned in is also T-O-B-I-T? Yes. Which is why I think huh. that website was named that. Topitnet. Deep cut. Deep cut. Deep cut. Raphael is considered the patron saint of travelers, the blind, happy meetings, nurses, physicians, medical workers, matchmakers, and Catholic studies. He's a particular enemy of the devil, protector of sailors. He's often said to guard pilgrims on their journeys and is often depicted holding a staff. I don't know what the pool of Bethesda is. So Bethesda is a company that makes games. They're named after the town about 20 minutes north of me. Bethesda, Maryland. So it all comes back together, didn't it? The dots. I'm connecting, I'm connecting the dots. Am I Raphael? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sorry. Raphael is known from the New Testament. So you know how Jesus just like healed a paralyzed man? Yeah. The pool that he healed him in, Raphael was the one who stirred the pool. <laughs> My big job in the Bible is human soup stirrer. <laughs> Listen, I'm just like an angelic pool cleaner. Like, I'm glad that he got healed, but I need you to get out because I just added more chlorine. That's not safe. <laughs> mm. uh, listen, I get that you want to heal somebody and that's super cool with me. Uh, this has a very delicate pH balance that we need to like keep in line. I don't know what, like... Like, Jesus, listen. you're cool. Um, you're but cool. please keep it water if you could. This is, like, a water pool. Um, the wine please thing. Please don't love turn it. Great this one trip. into wine. <laughs> yeah. If you wouldn't mind, like like I said, delicate pH balance. Oh, you're putting a, a man in it. Uh, this is a public pool. We have kids uh, that come around here. Like, please. Like I, I was cool when he was paralyzed because he couldn't run, but now we really got to make care... Be careful he doesn't run slip, then it's a liability for me, Raphael the Archangel. Uh. <laughs> Listen, I don't want to get biblical OSHA involved, but like this biblical is just a OSHA. 
fucked up. That's so funny. Yeah, hi, I'm uh, Raphael. I see you built a staircase to heaven. Now listen, I gotta know. Are all of these steps, are all of these steps the same grading? Do we have at least two safety railings? Is there, like, are the supports all locked down? I gotta, I gotta be real with you, Jesus of Nazareth. I know you're the son of a carpenter. This is not up to code. <laughs> listen, I hate to be rude. I gotta get my guys in here. We gotta fix this up. This is a big safety risk for people trying to make their way into heaven. <laughs> Jesus, I know your father was a carpenter, and you know I've got mad respect for Joseph, but I don't think you built this foundation deep enough. I can't pass inspection. That's, that is going to be a $20,000 fine, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Listen, Jesus of Nazareth, man, I really respect you and what you're doing. That's so cool. Um, this is a public space that we do need to keep you know, we can't just have people like coming back from the dead here, rolling away gravestones. That is not okay. That is not up to code. Jesus, my man, Jesus Christ, sir, with all due respect, you didn't even install railings and uh, legally any staircase above <laughs> above twelve feet needs a railing on it. So I'm gonna need you to have to gonna have to ask you to add those. I mean, but it's who you sure got up there, huh? Yeah. It's, I mean, I don't want to have to tear this down. I mean, you saw what I did at Babel. I don't like to brag, but they're all pretty safe now, don't you think? This staircase, damn. <laughs> Biblical OSHA. Oh my God, wait, pause. Blosha. No, I, I think Biblical OSHA is funnier, but only for the way that you're like still using the modern word OSHA with Biblical. The acronym, the modern acronym. Yeah. Wait. OSHA? What does OSHA stand for? Occupational oh. Safety uh, Hazard Association, I think. Hi, I'm here with the Biblical Occupational Safety Hazard Association. <laughs> Can I see your permits for this staircase to heaven? Yeah, and while I'm here, this pavement looks new. Highway to hell, I'm gonna need to see those uh, permits, sir. Listen, you're gonna need to add the yellow lines. If you're not allowed to pass, I need a solid yellow line. I'm Listen... If it's one way, that's cool, but you need to have better signage. Sir, it's I'm also, sorry. Um, <laughs> Occupational Safety and Health Administration, actually, for OSHA. Sorry. Uh, wow. I you're didn't gonna, want to spread misinformation gonna, about OSHA. You're going right? to disrespect OSHA's the Bible my... like that? Yeah, the Bible don't give a shit, but Occupational Safety. <laughs> hey, OSHA isn't just a city in Nazareth. <laughs> Listen, Stairway to Heaven, cool idea and all. If you do like a switchback in there, there needs to be proper railings. Listen, don't tell them I told you this, but um, that's a long way to go, Matt. I suggest an escalator to heaven. To to get in compliance with the ADA, we need an elevator of some sort or some other optional way to get in so there. So true, Ram, disability rights. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the Archangel Raphael. Hey, Gabriel, listen. Babe, I know you can fly, but I'm going to need you to keep three points of contact on the ladder, okay? <laughs> That's the rules. Two feet, one hand. You know, you can fly the ladder up if you want to, but we need those three points of contact, bud. Anyway, blow show. The guy starts talking about Jezebel. Oh, I had one more thing about Raphael. Oh, boy. 
No, it's easy. He's the one that's got the trumpet and he blows to announce the day of resurrection, which I think is why he's been chosen to be a personality. He blows the day of resurrection. So after Revelations, Raphael's the one who... We're back. Back in business. All right, folks. Hazard's clear. Get back to work now. God, my head hurts from laughing so much. Derek says extreme psychosis. Oh, I'm back. Derek and Hotch and Emily are still talking. And Derek says that extreme psychosis tends to be, tends to lead people to live a life of solitude. And Emily's like, yeah, they don't really play well with others, which made me laugh. And then Gideon comes out and goes, you know, it's weird. Raphael names himself twice, but he doesn't exist. I think he doesn't exist. He's the name of an archangel. And Emily's like, meaning. <laughs> you can tell so... she's like, I did not pay attention at all of the Catholic school I went to. Well, she had like a, she has a big, you know, Catholic thing. But I feel like if my boss walks out and goes, hey, you know that voice? That's Archangel Raphael. She's like, <laughs> um... uh-huh. And that means, and he's like, we have one unsub. And he doesn't say multiple personalities, doesn't say um, DID, but he says like he may have a delusion of being the Archangel Raphael that is presenting as two personalities, like, you know, to cope. Sometimes you just got to be an Archangel to cope. Um, you know. And then Hodge says, if she's Jezebel, she's got a really bad death in her future. And then it cuts to the barn with all the scary ass dogs. And it's just and literally it's like, like ripe. <laughs> oh, right. They, like try and make a joke out of it, like, yeah, she's gonna have a pretty bad time in the future, and then it's like hard cut to dogs. Hard cut to her. Like, about to be eaten alive by dogs. Yeah, no, yeah. Great joke, Hotch. <laughs> okay. They go back to the station. Uh, Garcia is gonna do tech to see if Raphael and the scared guy are the same person. And then they're like, she's gonna peel off the third voice from the video? I don't know what that means. <laughs> They just use words. Like, why not, like, isolate? I don't know. Peel off. Peel off. You know, like, when you're recording and it's on film. You gotta peel it. You gotta peel the voice off, you know, honey. Biblical Osha, hey. Okay. Garcia calls the satellite office and the detective hands it to Hotch and is like, hey, it's your tech at Quantico. And Garcia's like, no one's answering their cell phones. And we get Chekhov's we were driving through the countryside and there was no signal. Yeah. Which isn't even Chekhov's. Chekhov's cell phone signal. Yeah, but it like isn't even. Hotch just is like, yeah, we were driving through the countryside and there was bad cell phone service. And the next time that comes up again is JJ saying, we're in the middle of nowhere. There's no cell phone service. It's like not even a Chekhov. It's just like, dang, both of us had bad cell service. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. Okay. I believe both of us had bad cell service. Yeah. Um, the second video has gone even more viral. Even more viral. These two murder videos are the top two most downloaded videos on the internet worldwide. The guy's wet again, Tobias. <laughs> I guess he showered again. 
he's like touching his brand like he's fucking in the room with Voldemort. Then he has a flashback. Charles comes in and says, it's baptism time, boy. And my question was, why was he not already baptized? If you're this religious. I think he was already baptized and they were just, he was using it as a child abuse thing. Hmm. Perhaps. That's what I got from that. I can't remember. I think maybe in the second part, they say that after the mom died, that's when Charles got religious. I don't remember. We'll find out. Anyway, he's getting baptized. He's just all in white. And then basically just like almost drowned. No prayers are said over him. He doesn't get the cross on his forehead. Nothing. Just kind of dunked a whole bunch. And then like left wet on the floor. And he had does like a little sneeze to get the water out of his nose. And I was just like, oh. Yeah. Okay, Garcia's watching the dog video. And then she's like, oh my God, oh my God, no, no. And she shuts it off and she's like, yeah, I'm not watching that. And then it cuts to the team watching. And this is important. Emily is literally just like watching it, like neutral expression, not horrified, not anything. Put a pin in that. The policeman is like, oh, they're like, turn it off. And Emily goes to turn it off. And the policeman's like, no, 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 wait, wait. And Derek's like, sorry, you want to see more of that? And he's like, no, I recognize those dogs. They attacked someone. But it was, like, the neighbor's dogs, and they didn't want to press charges. But, like, I wrote down that it happened. He's like, they, this happened, this happened. And Gideon's like, are you sure? And the guy says, as God is my witness. Cool. <laughs> mm-hmm. Nice. And then it cuts to Tobias Henkel. And he's, like, resting in front of his cameras. And then there's, like, knocks on the door. And he he has to, like, press, like, eight keys for all his screens to go black. Which doesn't seem very efficient. He's just like doo, doo, doo. like there's a code like I feel like he would just like have a button like it would be annoying to have to press all the buttons but I don't know. And then he like leaves. Then the policeman is like the name's Hankel. Tobias Hankel. And Hot is like <gasps> to Jane Reed. Mm-hmm. They're there. And then it cuts to the door opening and JJ and Reed are like, hi. And Reed's like, I really have to pee. Can I go inside? And they have the funniest fucking brother-sister conversation. Reed's like, I have to go. You do? Yeah, for like half an hour. Why didn't you say anything? <laughs> it's like so funny. And there's a reason for this though. So JJ's like, hey, you reported a prowler. And twice is like, no. And JJ's like, you did. I have a file on you that you did it. And Hankel's like, it was me. And she's like, well, is there anyone else here? And he's like, no, just my dad. And then Reed's like, your dad? You're like 30? You live with your parents? And he's like, at what age should one start disrespecting their father's wishes? I don't know. Pretty young, I'd say. I guess, yeah. Yeah. He doesn't have a dog. And Reed's like, I really have to pee, please. And then Hinkle just like shuts the door. And as they're walking off, the light on the porch goes off. And it's so dark. And JJ's like, why would you call the police if you were just going to like lie about it later? And Reed's like, to test the response time. And then Reed just like runs around the side of the house. So apparently originally he like does have to pee. So he like goes around the house 
to pee? I thought I had a completely different interpretation of the scene. As soon as they turn around, Reed stops his little dance. Oh, it's like he suddenly sure, stops caring. So like, I feel like he was just using the can I pee to get yeah. into the house. And then when he goes around the side of the house, he's like looking in to try and like, oh, yeah, see yeah, yeah. If he thinks this dude is the guy like that's I what the scene is. Do not think no, yeah. he ever had to go to the bathroom. That's what the scene is. You're correct. But originally in the script, it was real. And the reason he went around was to pee. And then he like saw him as opposed to them like knowing suspecting you know that's why they like let that fit in um but okay one i I put a picture there um all of his screensavers are that like pipes the pipes the fucking pipes game yeah it's the pipes i put a screenshot i was like i remember the pipes um two reed can see into the windows and he sees tobias is freaking out and the twice turns all the cameras on and reed sees them all And then there's a jump scare of Tobias looking evil as shit, right? But he goes from one side of the window to the other side of the window. And if Rita is just directly staring at the computers, Tobias, did he get on all fours, crawl under the window where Reed couldn't see him, and then pop back up? Like, cool jump scare. I I liked it. But, like, impossible. Okay. Reed is like, JJ, come here. And so JJ comes over and reads like, he's the unsub. I vote. They're just kids. Like. They're literally just little guys. Oh, they're just kids. Reed is 25. JJ is 27. Reed clearly never allowed in the field alone. Right. And JJ, this is, isn't this like JJ's like first time actually out in the field like this? I th- I'm so sure it, it is. It seems like it. Yeah. Like, not maybe, I think even, like, talking to families, it might be her first, like... Yeah, I feel like this is the first time she's out here. Yeah, and then it turns into this. So she's really, like, oh, this makes me so mad. Having a bad day. It makes me so mad the way they treat her. Okay. They go to the bar, and Reed pulls his gun out, and he's like, obviously I'm serious, my gun is out. And he's like, call Hotch. And she's just like, dude, I have no service. So Reed's like, okay, we'll wait him out. And then Hotch is going to have to come find us eventually. And then Reed just like runs into the darkness. And JJ's like, maybe we should stick together. <laughs> it is yeah. not JJ's fault. Everyone who blames absolutely not. JJ can suck a dick. Because she's literally like, why is your gun out? Why are you running? Stay together. And he just bolts into oh. the corn. Oh, like- and we'll, t- we'll talk about what Derek says to her, but I just... In what world is this JJ's fault? It's absolutely not. But like, Reed isn't even like, if you're going after a suspect, why are you not yelling out, yelling? If you're in the field with somebody, why are you whispering? Like, why are you whispering? Why are you doing this in the dark? Why are you leaving your partner behind? Like, in this scenario, like, I know JJ's older and unfortunately this show gives jj a bad case of like eldest daughter syndrome yeah you know (laughs) for sure yeah which sucks because she's not even an oldest daughter but they're like you're the oldest one so you should have known better when like no he's the one who goes into the field like i know she's trained in everything but she's not like a field agent in that way jj's an administrator also 
yes, yeah, she's a glorified office assistant, basically. Not to be yeah. rude, but that's pretty much what she is. Yes. But also, like, we get in, what is it, like, 309, like, Penelope? Yeah. When she's like, that's the first time I've ever shot somebody? Yep. Yeah. Reed has fully shot somebody during these two seasons, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, fully. Well, he's about to. Like. No, it's, she's not a field agent like this. He's. Un- I mean, I guess, I mean, I, I feel like Reed's unqualified to be in the BAU out in the field. Like, he should be, yeah. like, a researcher, not No, absolutely. This. Like, ugh, I hate it so much. He, like, literally, they, we learned that he, Gideon groomed him. And I, I, know, I know the word sucks, but Reed literally says, this is what I was groomed for. We learned that Gideon, like, gave him a pat got them to like give him a pass on all the physical exams so he like didn't have to go through any physical training didn't have to go through any field training none of that and i feel like he should be conscious enough of that and of who he's with like maybe he overestimated jj or just assumed jj had the same experience or something but like he should have been aware that he is the one with the field experience like this, and he's under prepared for a moment like this, and they should have gone back and stuck together. Stuck together. Even if it was sitting in the car or FBI, I'm going in the house, or something. Reed, you don't just get to run into the dark cornfield by yourself. Also objectively worst kind of field to run into corn is pretty much by design tall yeah also i don't entirely get this episode happens in february right yeah so why is the corn that high why is the corn that high corn doesn't get fucking planted until april knee high by the end of july by the fourth of july knee high by the fourth of july like corn gets planted in april and then like why uh, is it over six feet tall in february in february also, like, did you just never, are you letting this field go to fallow? Did you never, like, fucking harvest it in September? What is going on there? It's weird. It makes no fucking sense. It makes no sense. They just wanted to speak It makes no fucking sense. They just wanted this cornfield, and I get that. That's fine. But, like. They're in the middle of nowhere. Corn, bad. Far, yes. Corn, bad. Reed is in the corn. Reed goes, JJ, he's back here. And whispers it, too. Doesn't fucking yell. All the way around a barn with all that corn dampening the sound. JJ is literally like, Reed? Hello? <laughs> like. And then the, the fucking barn door swings open. And JJ's like, Reed? And then this is when I was like, she hasn't seen the video. She doesn't know about the dogs. Oh, God. She, I didn't realize she, that until now. They, that woman died. After they had left the police station. JJ and Reed yeah. leave and then Hotch finds out there's another death. So and the woman is missing. So like that woman died while they were on the way. So like mm, yeah. that's why the blood she steps in is still wet and thick like that. Oh yeah. JJ does not know there are dogs in this barn. And she's like swinging her flashlight around and it catches the ed- edge of the mattress. And you see, like, just a little bit of blood and gore. And then you hear the barking. And she's, like, screaming, shooting her gun. Oh. Uh, 
Also, they do not let her be traumatized by this enough. She is a little bit next episode and then never mentioned again. When you know full well. She is scared of dogs for life now. Scared of ruined off dogs. Yeah. And they just like never, never comes up again. (laughs) And Reed, also she's in like four inch heels. She's in like little stiletto boots. Not expecting to be in the field. Like, great. Reed is in the cornfields. He's listening to the slapping and the dad and the Tobias and all this stuff. And then he hears Jay, Jay start screaming and the gunshots going off. So Reed goes to run back to her. <laughs> the fist that hits him just horizontal from the edge of the screen. It reminds me, do you remember the first episode when that lady is in the car and the fist just yes. goes? It reminds me of that. It, re- it very much is giving me... Oh, it is so funny. Literally just horizontal punch and it's like for what for what so then he's got his like hands up all like oh no don't help us please please oh no don't hurt me i'm just a little guy i'm just a baby it's like a little guy um okay you're like 25 you're an adult i was gonna say (laughs) fuck this shit tobias picks up the gun points it at reed and he's like i tried to warn everyone and Reed's like, I know, I know you did. And he's like, I tried to warn everyone. And then the personality switches. And then it's like, FBI devils. Yeah. I love the whoosh sound effect they put in. Did <laughs> it's you so notice unnecessary. That? It's so unnecessary. It's literally like he's being possessed. And then he's not possessed. And then he's possessed. And it's like, I think James... Vanderbeek does a good job of switching, like the shoulders straightening and the hunching. Like it's good, but they like they just put that sound effect in to give it a boost. This is gonna be a reference, but only for like ten specific people who listen to this podcast. There was a certain time in K-pop music video history that is still <laughs> unfortunately hanging on today, where they would just add random whooshes and sound effects that weren't even in the fucking song whenever the K-pop stars, like, hit some beat on their choreography. And it's so fucking stupid. I hate it so goddamn much. But that's what this moment reminded me of. I'm so sorry. Again, this is only for, like, ten people. (laughs) And that's the episode. Crane shot up. And then you see that he's alone in the field with this guy. With, like, this guy. And JJ's in the barn, maybe alive? Maybe not. Who fucking knows? Who fucking knows? Also, little spoiler for the next episode, but we do start off with some primo sympathy of the devil at the beginning of the next episode. God, yeah. We really do, and it's... Chef's kiss. All right, I like do it. Do we dig this episode? I dig it. How much What's, your, dig what's it? your ranking? Scale of one to ten. How much do you dig it? I just love this season so much. This is a good fucking season, dude. Is it too high if I give it an 8? We gave No Way Out an 8. Okay. It's a high 8. Is it like an 8.5 or is it just like emotionally a very high 8? Can I do 0.5s? Yeah, sure. I'm I'll, shit. Sure, let's do an 8.5. Sure, fucking. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> you can do fucking I don't know what our rules are. Principles. I don't care. <laughs> We've yeah. been doing this for two seasons almost. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? I think, I don't know, like, I like this episode, but 
I don't know as though I like it as much as I like No Way Out. No Way Out to me is like a really good first parter episode because you don't know it's a two parter. Sure. And this one is like a pretty good. I mean, like it's good. I just don't like it as much as I like No Way Out. I think that's just it. I just don't. Okay. I think you I'm know, gonna go with like a seven. Do it. Um, in our Still wrap very up, high. in our wrap up, in our final thoughts for this episode, I do want to say. I like the work they put into, like, not just the twist of Tobias, but, Mm -hmm. you know, when we think there's several people, we're like, oh, shit, there's, like, the scared one who can't stop the crazy one. There's, like, the crazy, evil, mean one. And there's maybe this third one we've only seen for a second. And we're like, oh, God, like, that's three people. And you're genuinely like, oh, shit. shit." Like, oh, shit, That's, that's a lot of people doing, you know, doing this. And then when you find out they're one person, that fear just, like, doubles. You're like, oh, God, it's one person. So it's just, like, extra off the walls crazy. And I think the show Mm -hmm. does a really good, this episode does a really good job of setting up the FBI's fear of these people, of setting up our fear of seeing what Tobias is going through, of understanding how volatile he is and like why the BAU is going to be so worried and all this kind of stuff I just think that like as far as setup episodes go even though like sure nothing like I guess really happened but it builds up so much that when we start next episode we are already at that high level you know yeah and I totally agree with you there I like all the the work they did into setting up dissociative identity disorder without Mm -hmm. saying the words identity disorder sort of like dancing around it for now to try and like to to try and lay that foundation i think that like you would need if you were watching tv in 2007 to understand what is going on within this person's head that makes them act the way they do Mm -hmm. like i i think they did a good job of like cluing the average person into what goes on in dissociative identity disorder you know what i mean yeah, and I think they did a good job of setting the stakes of letting us know how dangerous this person is, of getting mm-hmm. the BAU scared of them, being like, we've mm-hmm. never seen this kind of person before. This is so weird. They're changing roles. Like, there's all these reasons to be nervous about this person. And yeah. then to end the episode on a cliffhanger, but it feels like an emotionally earned cliffhanger you know with jj in the bond with the dogs and you just don't know and then with reed with this guy and you don't know which one you're gonna get you know where i feel like at the end of it's like at the end of fisher king part one l getting shot felt so emotionally unearned yeah you know like it had been exactly what it was you're correct it was emotionally unearned yeah it was like a i mean it was like a felt felt like a regular episode and then like boom i was shot you know and then no way out felt it was a part one but like it doesn't it, feel it, like a part one right it and was you a can contained tell, I don't think they didn't write it as like a part one yeah it was like a really contained storyline whereas this feels more like like this feels more ha- like the first half of a movie you know yeah. okay now mm-hmm. we know the characters we know the stakes we know how we should be feeling and we're feeling that way and it ends right at the moment something changes, right as, yeah. you know, the stakes jump. 
And I I just really like this episode. Now, as a one-off episode, like if part two had not satisfied me, I would be ranking this a lot lower. But because I know what's coming in part two and because I know how, I don't want to call it good, but how, you know, I think well done it is, this episode hits really hard for me, especially going through it like this. I also think it helps that this episode is our first two-parter that like follows each other without a season break. Like this one was shot as a movie more so than like as two separate episodes of a TV show. You know what I mean? Like they shot this one after the other, not like, with Fisher King, they did, but they edited it in a way that made it seem like they didn't. Like this is the first one that was and they split them by seasons. Story, yeah. You know, like Fisher King, they wrote part one and then they figured out part two. No way out. I mean, I guess we'll see when we watch the behind the scenes, but it feels like they did an episode and then went, "Oh, what if we brought that back for the season finale?" <laughs> it know? feels like a oh, what if Mandy Patinkin wanted to leave this show. <laughs> episode you didn't you, <laughs> you didn't know? give them any warning though that was supposed to be his his last real episode yeah, yeah. And i know it wasn't because his last real episode air quote air quote was just season three um yeah but they which, brought it back as like a banger you know yeah but i think this is just yeah. this this holds a special place for me in criminal mind storytelling history as the first true two-parter like yeah. one after the other two-parter here. And I think this shows why going forward, Criminal Minds two-parters are pretty fucking good. Yeah. If they have two episodes that are the same storyline, that's usually pretty fucking good. I can't think of one that they did really, really poorly. Like this you know? felt like a, they wanted to tell this story and they wanted to put their characters in real danger and yeah. they wanted to really kind of push the team and they couldn't do it in one episode. So they yep. gave the story the space it needed. And that was for two episodes. Now, something happens next episode that will be dropped out of nowhere <laughs> in like two episodes after that. And makes me real mad. Uh, but these two episodes are pretty good. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think they gave the story the room it needed to breathe and i think that made all the difference in the world yeah honestly that's like it just... doesn't feel dragged out it actually feels really like like dense with story stuff yeah and i'm really glad that kind of jj got a central part in it because she hasn't really had one like they've been increasing her and increasing her but this is the first time she's kind of like emotionally in the center of something and i that north mammon yeah yeah, and North Mammon, but even North Mammon, it wasn't like she got them there, but she didn't. Once they were there, it was yeah, like, like she related, but we didn't really get like not like this. AJ Cook gets to act next episode, and that's very exciting. <laughs> I love it when AJ Cook gets to yeah. act. Capital A act, act, and also we get uh, some Emily tidbits next episode, which are really fun. Um, obviously a bunch of Reed backstory. I think this is Reed's like first trauma. Baby's first trauma. The baby's first traumatic experience. Wow. Wow. <laughs> okay. And then he gets every single one for the rest of the fucking series. Everyone else gets like mm, one, one baby, and then he gets all of the rest of them. Can you tell that we're a little bit bitter about it? <laughs> Ugh. We're not. 
actually. We would never be. Oh my god, bitter? Me? No. No, never. Not against my precious baby boy, Reed. <laughs> anyway, that's it for this episode. We're done. Oh, okay. That's it. I want to go it. to bed. Um, okay. Next time on Wheels Up, we will be chatting 215 Revelations. Bum, bum. I honestly, James, you'll know something sad. Why? I genuinely did not, until this exact moment in time, connect this episode, the next episode being called Revelations to the book in the Bible. Yeah, bestie. Things to be are- fair, mm-hmm. you've gone way deeper into the Bible in the last three hours of our recording than I ever did when I was doing uh, my first watch through of uh, Criminal Minds. So. I also am writing a rewrite of the story. So I've already done the work on these episodes. Yeah, and that's that's cool for you. I'm just sort of like sliding in here. Hey, what's up? Extremely fine. tired. <laughs> brain no work good. Talking about biblical OSHA because that's the only like joke I can make. You know, <laughs> I've never claimed to be a smart man and that's okay. I'm here to be funny, funny joke boy. You're the smart one. So we'll be doing that next time on wheels up until then you can find us on social media at wheels up pod if you would be so kind as to give us a review on apple Podcasts, that would Ooh, be great do it. um james you have an ending quote for me honestly i was just gonna bring up biblical osha again <laughs> <laughs> that's it Biblical. Do you have? Do you not have an actual ending uh, quote? Okay, I mean, then we, we just I mean, we, we said. Out. I mean, we said a, a lot of them. How about what's a good ending quote? Careful, Derek. That one in the back could get your wallet. Well, then I'd be a poor and happy man. <laughs> <laughs> that was just off the dome. That's how much I've watched this episode.